Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you guys doing? Everybody had a good week? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're kicking off a new one. It's what God gives us first day of the week. So with that being said, before I wrap up this Don't Blink series, I want to be able to do something very special. I don't know if you know this as well, but it fell on this day. Today is Grandparents Day. So what I want to do, if you are a grandparent, I want you to stand to your feet all across the auditorium right now. Stand up, grandparents. All right, y'all give them a hand. Look at them, they're proud. Look at them smiling from ear to ear. Now, remain standing. I got a question. How many of you would have had them first if you could have? Yeah, that's right. You guys get my hand. You guys be seated. Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm just carrying on, but they are a lot of fun to spoil and send them back home, aren't they? (laughs) That's really cool. So, today, I'm going to be going in. I'm talking about how that it takes a village but yet we're better together, and we'll, we'll break that down, really what that boils down to being. But I want to welcome each of you for being here, those of you that's online. I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm going to sum up pretty well the series today in this message. This message draws the line, but it's needed. And I want you to understand that it's, it's going to be hard, maybe for some of you, to swallow But don't take it up with me, take it up with God. He wrote the book. I know that you would not be here unless you wanted to live God's way. And you may be here for your first time checking out God, and maybe you feel like you're far from God, but God loves you, I love you, and um, it's amazing what He wants to do in all of our lives because He ordered your steps before you were ever born. In particular, when we think about our families, and over these past several weeks, what would a godly kingdom family look like who's been putting into practice what we've been talking about i think you'd have a mom and a dad who are in love that date on a regular basis you'd have those parents when they go to have kids they birth and they raise and they and those kids to replicate god's image in their children's lives to be able to bring god glory and advance his kingdom when they're out of their home and they give love to their kids they discipline their kids Because one day, as they teach and train them, they're going to leave. So today, when you think about how God wants us to live, there's an order that God wants us to live in. It is God, then it's marriage with husband and wife, then it's kids, then it's the church, then it's career, then it's hobbies and whatever else that you put into that that God gives you out of that 24-7, 365 life. Here's what I know, once upon a time, raising a godly family and being effective parents was not as much of a challenge as it is today. So today, I want to tell you, dads and moms, you've got to wake up to the new reality and truly seek God for His ways in spiritual strategies. And some of you may be thinking, why is that? Because today... We live in a high-tech, fast-paced, morally confused society. Godly families, to be able to have a godly family, you really need 
the help of a godly culture to ensure the biblical transcendent values be lived out in a family's life. You would need that in media. You would need that with the government. You would need that in the marketplace. You would need that in education. You would need that in the local church. Are these structures really supporting the family? That's my question to you. I grew up in a time that I would say that all of these entities that I'm talking about behind me here, to some degree, had God in them, and some still do. However, look at the person next to you and say, however, there's been an erosion of biblical transcendent values of God in our society. So I want to talk to you about that reality. And we're going to look at that reality and we're going to break it down. So here's reality. When you and I look at media, it's totally changed, hasn't it? A lot of times you have families that don't even communicate with one another in the same room because everybody's on a phone or on a tablet. You go to a restaurant, you look across and I look and I've been doing my homework on this. You look at the families there, everybody's, the time they get done eating, everybody's on a phone or on a tablet. I remember when texting first came out and my older two daughters got a phone. I'll never forget this. We were sitting in the living room. And next thing I know, I feel my phone buzz and I look down and it was a text from my daughter sitting straight across from me. I came unglued. And I said, don't you ever text me like this when we're sitting across from one another. She thought it was funny, but I didn't take it too funny. Because look what it's become to do with media. I don't know if you know this, but kids two years old spend almost two hours a day on some form of media, whether it's on a phone or on TV or watching some kind of streaming video. The CDC reports that kids that are 8 to 10 years old spend an average of six hours per day in front of a screen. Kids 11 to 14 years old are spending as much as nine hours a day. You think about the internet. When you give your kids a device and you give them unlimited access to the internet, you think about the games that they can download. You think about the apps that they can download. Now they can download apps to cover up the apps so you don't see the apps they actually have on their device, FYI. They stream movies, they look at YouTube, they look at TikTok, they do Snapchat, not to mention the plethora of porn sites that's all over the internet. You think about movies, you think about TV. I've watched an advertisement this week about teen moms, and they glorified teen moms that got pregnant out of wedlock. I also saw a commercial this week about drag queens. Who is going to be the next RuPaul drag queen? Seen commercials this week about sister wives and talking about this man that's got multiple wives. A lot of the wives look like a man like him, but that's another story. Seen another commercial that doesn't, another commercial about homosexuality promoting that. They look at all these things as normal. My wife, Shannon, and I watch very few movies, especially those that come out of Hollywood. Some of you might think, you're just a little bit far too out there, Pastor. Let me tell you this. When we see a movie, my wife puts it through a thing called Plugged In from Focus on the Family. 
It will tell you about the sexuality. It will tell you about the GDs and the F-bombs and all that stuff. And if it has one, it's not getting my money, nor is it getting my eyeballs. It's not happening. Everybody bragged on, oh, man, go see Tom Cruise, man. Go see the new movie, man. He's in. Put it in, plugged in. I did. Didn't get my money or my eyeballs. And I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you went and seen it? Old Maverick himself. Question is, are you monitoring what your kids watch? And are you monitoring what you watch that you yourself and allowing your kids to watch? Think about it. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm bringing awareness to this. Are you with me? Say yes. I'm just bringing awareness to it. You think about the music that's out there that our kids are downloading or, or they're listening to. They say, well, we just listen to the beat. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I bet that's right. You just listen to the beat. The lyrics gets embedded in their minds. Here's what I've noticed in doing my homework about the plethora of media that's going on. There's three basic themes with media. There is sex. There is violence, and there's rebellion. That's the themes of what we're seeing. The lion's share of this is on TV and other forms of media. There is a direct correlation from what we watch to what we listen to into the behavior of everyone. You have to censor or you will become desensitized. I'm going to say it again. You have to censor or you will become desensitized. A lot of the TV, the reality shows, the music, the internet sites, they are not promoting godly values for the family. They're not promoting it. How many of you say, no, it's not promoting? Just say, no. It's not. What about the government? Just asking. Now, I will tell you, in our government, there's a lot of good men and women that are good people, Christian politicians. But for the most part, what we see is corruption, and what we see is ungodliness. Roe versus Wade was recently overturned. Praise God for that, but still many states, many states are still murdering unborn babies. They're still doing it. You think about the corruption and how it's embracing ungodliness. The government legalized gay marriage. Marriage is to be between one woman, one man for one lifetime. You think about those poor unborn babies that's murdered in the name of convenience. I remember the late Ronald Reagan said one of the greatest quotes that has stuck with me my whole life. And I quote him, he said, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Government has removed prayer from school. Madeline O'Hare, the squeaky wheel that squeaks the most gets the oil, right? But yet we listen to one and remove prayer from school. How many of you grew up praying in school? Raise your hand. Not so much these days, right? The government's now allowing boys to enter girls restrooms 
because they identify as a girl or vice versa. This nation was started by Christians. But look at it now. So I ask you, is government upholding the transcendent biblical values of God? Yes or no? What about the marketplace? You think about the marketplace, you think about all the different businesses and that were many people here involved in and what you're doing and maybe you're working for somebody else. If you're not careful, it seems that the buck has become more important than those who work. It's hard to make a buck without workers. Workers become a number, but yet corporations are leaning toward political correctness. This week I talked to someone and they simply told me that in their break room, on their own time, even though it was on the workplace, at the workplace, on their own time, they shared about their love of Jesus with somebody there and come to find out they were threatened with being released. You think about the corporation's rules for the employees because they want proper use of pronouns for what another employee identifies as, if you don't use the proper pronoun, you will be terminated. The list goes on is the marketplace here upholding the transcendent godly values of what god wants for us to have in our families yes or no look at our education system our education system it makes me think as i grew up and how things were and we said the Pledge of Allegiance, and someone would always get honored to be taken up front, and you would get to say the prayer over the loudspeaker. But not only that, I remember my first grade teacher, Miss Hilda Key, and I'll never forget it. Now, I went to the first grade. I didn't go to kindergarten because it began to experience. How many of you went to kindergarten? That was a year wasted in your life that I didn't have to do. But Miss Hilda Key, she had gray hair. She pulled it up here kind of in a bun like, and she had those glasses that come out to a point. She'd wear a long, sleek dress down below her knees, and she'd have stockings that come up here and had a little round band on them right here, you know. Miss Hilda Key. I remember one particular morning, and I'm still in counseling over this. It's hit me so hard all these years later. She called me, she asked me, called me at her desk and said, you owe for a pencil. How many of you used a big fat pencil about big as your thumb? Remember that? That's what I used. I don't know what they use now, but that's what we used. And I owed for it. And I said, well, I don't have any money for it, Miss Key. Well, next thing you know, we would do a milk line. And you would get in a milk line to go get milk early in the morning. And so milk was a nickel. But she's asking me to pay for the pencil. So she says, go over there, Terrell, and look in your desk. So I got down on my knees. I stuck my head in my desk. I said, no, ma'am, I don't have any money. I just kind of overlooked that quarter sitting in the corner right there. When the time come for the milk line, D-U-M-B across my forehead, Dom Terrell gets the quarter out of his desk, and he goes up and stands in the milk line. Well, she's coming down the milk line to get the money for the milk, Right. When she gets to me, I hand her the quarter. You know what she hands me? Nothing. She grabbed me by the arm and she drugged me over there to her desk. She leaned down. She got a paddle, one of the kind you put the rubber band on. The thing was about this big around as red. And she throwed me across her knees and she went south. South back here and come down on me and wore me out. I'll never forget it long as I live. And I got in trouble when I got home. 
But here's what's happening in the school system. For those of you that are teachers here and administrators here, you are having being handcuffed from the things that God wants you to be able to do, and you're being told that you may get in trouble for the things that you want to be able to do, and it's very sad today. And what you teach, you're being told to teach things and take things out, such as history, trying to force in things that pushes an opinion, pushes something that's unbiblical, pushes something that's not a transcendent value of God, pushing in critical race theory, I must go on. And you can't even discipline your students. You can't even discipline your students. Government has been wheels off when it comes to education other than trying to enforce putting things in that is unbiblical. This is something I found that's very interesting but very sick. The Sexual Information and Education Council gives sex education guidelines to schools that they can get to do it. Ages 5 through 8 are taught to feel good by touching and rubbing body parts. Ages 9 through 12 taught that homosexuality is just as satisfying as heterosexuality. And ages 15 through 18 are taught that pornography will enhance sexual fantasies. So for the most part, is the school system, education system, are they being able to hold on and be able to give transcendent biblical values to the family, yes or no? So the question is, does God want us to be alone? No. God does not want us to be alone. He don't want us to be isolated. He wants us to be able to partner with the church. That's why that he brought it here. He said in Matthew 16, first meets of the church, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church has been going all these years, for over 2,000 years, because it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. So today, when you think about our church here, in particular at Freedom Church, we want to partner with you and your family to be able to help your family uphold the biblical godly values for the spiritual health of your family now and for your kids' future. That's what our church wants to do. So I want to take four particular crucial questions that I want to ask you to take into your heart and into your life, especially those of you that are in the middle and the season of raising your children I'm saying these four questions here as well as for anybody that's thinking about having children or those of you that might have influence on children or, or have influence on grandchildren. I want everybody here to consider these four crucial questions. The first one is this, do the entertainment choices of my family meet the guidelines of Philippians 4 and 8? In other words, do, do the entertainment choices look through the lens of this verse? What does Paul say here? He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Basically, run all of your entertainment choices through the lens of this verse. When your kids say they want to watch a particular show, you run it through this lens and you say, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? They say, I want to watch this R-rated movie. 
You say, whoa, wait a minute, let's run it through the lens of this verse. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? Is the music that they're wanting to listen to or the shows they're wanting to stream or the social media site that they're wanting to be a part of, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? How about the apps that they're downloading? Are they true? Are they honorable? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they admirable and excellent and worthy of praise? We have got to not only provide for our kids, we've got to protect our kids. That's what God gave them to us for. But the problem today with kids, that kids can end up manipulating their parents and running the show. That's what ends up happening. You've got to say no. Now, I will tell you, there's good entertainment choices. You'll either censor or you'll become desensitized. constant diet of the wrong things will affect you and your family you have to run it through the lens of this verse second question am i discussing with my children the core values that are transmitted through my family's entertainment choices now with my three girls that i raised we didn't just say this about our family, that it's a guideline. We wanted to be able to discuss that with them. When my girls were at home, if they got a CD that was not good, what did I do? Did I, did I get the CD there and I go up there and I hear them say something bad and I go to the room? I didn't go over and let me get that CD out of the player. We're going to take it out and burn it in and burn the devil out of it. No, that ain't how I did it. Matter of fact, it would have probably scared the life out of them if I'd done such a thing. I said, hey, let's talk about this. Did you realize what it was just saying? Did you realize the message that was in it? Did you realize the words they were saying? Do you realize the overview message that song was sending? And when I began to discuss it with them, their mother and I, whether it was their mother or me or both, when we helped them to realize it, I not only owned it that it was wrong, they owned it that it was wrong. We help them to realize that. you got to discuss it with them of what's taking place. Whatever the message is being sent to the family, is it building the family or is it trying to destroy our family? Whether it's music, TV, apps, internet, whatever it is, here's the truth. A constant diet of filth will bring a spiritual unhealthiness and open up the doors for demonic forces to enter your home like you've never seen. Look at the third question. Well, let me read this verse here. I don't, I don't want to miss this. Psalm 101 and verse 3 says... I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. You know, it reminds me, and some of you may have heard this before, when it comes to the things that you discuss with your kids. Three of this 
young man's kids. They were old enough to be able to want to go see movies. And so the dad, they went to him and says, hey, dad, it's an R-rated movie. We want to go see it. And he said, well, tell me about it. They began to tell him about it and say, dad, this is a, this movie's a really good movie. It's got a really good moral story. Now, dad, there's, there's a little language in it. I'll tell you that up front. And we're being up front with you, dad. And there's one scene that might be a little risque, but all in all, dad, it's a good movie. It's a good movie to watch and a good message through the end of it. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll think about it. And he said, get with me tomorrow afternoon. So when they got home from school that evening, they come in the house and they could smell the smell of brownies, freshly cooked. They smelled so good. And so dad is in the living room with a plate of brownies there on the, on the coffee table. And the son and the two daughters come in and the son reaches over and says, whoop. He said, no, don't grab one of them brownies yet. We need to talk. He said, now y'all talk to me about the movie. I want to talk to you about my brownies. He said, these brownies right here, I want you to know I got the best Swiss chocolate money could buy. He said, this recipe right here is one of the monarch recipes for brownie that you could ever do. It's got the finest of nuts and chocolate chips in it. And the sugar here that I put in it is a special kind of sugar that doesn't have any of the, uh, the uh, mon- all this other stuff that they put in it. He said, I put this all together and I baked it. Don't they smell so good? He says, yes, can we have one that done? He said, but there's one more ingredient and I put in it. He said, you know our dog Fido? They said, yes, Dad. I took just a clump of his poop. And I put that clump of poop in the pot. I said, that's gross, Dad. No, 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 wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I just put that clump of poop in there because I thought that would be a great ingredient for it. Because what I did, I got it up to 300 degrees. I've stirred it up. I've cooked it up. There's no germs. There's no bad things in it. There's no disease in it. You're not even going to taste it. Have a brownie, kids. They said, that is so gross, Dad. He said, isn't that kind of like the movie you told me you wanted to watch? It had just a little bit of filth in it. Just like these brownies have got just a little bit of poop in it. You'll either censor or you'll become desensitized. The third question. Am I taking advantage of the assistance of the local church? Many talk about it, that they're doing it, but are we truly walking it? You know, I heard a staff the other day said that the typical church attendance now is down to 1.3 times a month because everybody else is going and doing every every other thing out in the world, whether it's business or sports or activities and everything else. Freedom Church helped me raise my three daughters with godly values. Yes, we taught them the word of God at home. Yes, we prayed with them at home. Freedom Church built on what we were teaching them at home. I love our kids ministry over here. Give God praise for the kids ministry we've got over here right now. And all the wonderful volunteers that are making a difference through our kids ministry for all of our kids. Let's give God praise for the student ministry that's happening on Wednesday night and all the wonderful volunteers. Give God praise for them. You see, the the kids' ministry and the student ministry, they helped to be able to raise my kids. And when my kids were growing up through that, when they would get home, I would ask them, hey, did you have fun today? They'd say, yes. What did you learn? And they would begin to tell us what they had been taught and what they had learned. 
See, through the years, they were taught how to pray. They were taught about serving. They were taught about being the heart of a giver like God, to give back as God had prospered them, being a godly example, being sure to live with integrity and with character of God, being a godly example, being able to love God and love other people, the two commandments summed up. Shannon and I put a lot of time and money behind our church. And over these years, what I give God praise for is that we see the fruit of what is happening now in the lives of my daughters and their families. And now I'm seeing that fruit played out in my grandkids' family, in my grandkids. See, Psalm 122 and 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let me ask you something. Whenever your alarm went off this morning, were you glad or were you sad? I was so glad, so glad I got to see your beautiful faces. And I want to love you and I want to encourage you and I want your family to win with Jesus. I don't want your family just to be successful. I want your family to be significant as you invest in your kids. You see, we did the best to help our girls fall in love with our church. And I remember when they were little, especially Chloe, the youngest, she would ask us, she'd say, how many more days till church, Dad? And I'm like, five. And then the next day she'd say, how many more days till church, Dad? Four days, sweetie. Fell in love with the local church. You know what really happened, don't you? Your kids fall in love with what they see you in love with. And my question is, is it Jesus and the church? Is it Jesus and the church? The last question is this. Am I making a difference in my corner of the world? Am I making a difference in my corner of the world? Because when I look out here and I see the beautiful faces of all these wonderful families that call Freedom Church home, and those of you who are considering calling Freedom Church home, so glad you're here. We have a plethora of amazing people. And I don't know if you realize it, but do you realize the influence that you have for God's glory in your life and in your family's life? Do you realize that? You think about all the different people that's here. You think about business owners and doctors and lawyers and firemen and policemen and EMTs and school teachers and administrators and CEOs and CFOs and professional homemakers and office workers and factory workers and supervisors and managers and all those people from those that are retired to those that just got hired. I'm so thankful for each of you. Now we're pushing back and about a, getting close to a thousand people, those of you that have a part to say Freedom Church is my home. Did you know that we have about, right at two, about 200 kids and kids and students in this church? 200 kids! That's more than most churches size, just in our kids! Praise God! 
the difference that they're going to make when they grow up and how that we invest in them. What would happen? What would happen if we got real serious about these four questions that I just read to you? Could you imagine the difference that we can make as we live out these biblical, godly values in our families and to make a difference in our corner of the world, the influence that you would have. You see, it boils down to a decision. You either be full-time with the church or part-time with the church. <laughs> I, want the, I want the full-time benefits myself. And I know you do too. So it comes down to a decision comes down to decision. Do you want to be part of the local church where you give, you serve, you jump in with both feet and say, I'm all in for this deal for me and my family? That decision has to be like Joshua in Joshua 24 and verse 15. Look what he said to the children of Israel. And he said, hey, choose today whom I will serve. But for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So I want to challenge you. Make that Joshua 24, 15, decision. Especially those of you that have children in your home right now. Yes, you do your part as a family, investing in them. But yes, it takes a village. You know what that village is? It's called the local church. Because we're so much better together. And when you do, and you give it your all, parents, when they do leave your home and you gave it your all, you were all in. You won't have to wring your hands and regret. You did your best. And that's all that God asks of any of us. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we praise your name today and we thank you for blessing our lives. God, I just want to pray that you do amazing work on every heart here today. I thank you for every family represented here today, God. I pray, God, that today has made a difference in someone's life and the decisions that they make because of you. As we continue praying, I, I want to ask you an important question. Are there any changes God wants you to make in reference to these four questions that were given to you today? Raise your hand across the audience. Lift your hand. Say, yes, God has touched me. There's decisions on, and changes I need to make. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. Would you pray and ask God in total surrender to him? For his strength and his power to help you be the one that's going to make those changes and follow through. Father, right now, God, I thank you, God, for the honesty of those here today in our family. That you would give them strength, God, to make the decisions, God, what's best for their family, especially when it comes to the choices of what comes into our homes, what falls upon our ears what comes in the vision of our eyes. God, we are not only to provide for our families, we're to protect them, watch over them, 
So God help everyone here make that decision. As for me and my house, my family, we're going to serve you, God. May God just help you, those of you that are single parents right now. God, I know it's harder on you and just pray for God. You just support them and back them up and give them strength. But I pray for every parent here, God, that they be power-filled parents led of you, Jesus Christ. They have your values. They have your biblical transcendent direction from your word, strength for them, God. Invest in their kids. I pray, God, not only for the parents, I pray for the kids in this present generation. I pray, God, for future kids, for parents here, God, that are that are having children are going to launch one day. I pray, God, for the couples here and, and the adults that are one day going to have kids, God. I pray, God, Lord, that you would just bless them, Father. Strength and energy to invest you and those kids' lives to make a difference for your glory and your kingdom. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and the only way you can have a strength is to be his child and have his royal blood applied to you.